Um, so welcome everybody to the coaching tools and tips meetup. Um, if you have not already, if you can add your location to your name, um, that's, it, it's all, it's really cool, at least to me, to be able to see where different people are joining us from all over the world. And as you can see from what we've got up already, multiple countries are represented, uh, which is amazing that technology allows us to, to meet up with people all over the world and we get to learn together. So today's presenter is Paulo Diaz and he is um, in London in the UK and he's going to be talking to us about business value and I'm excited to get Paulo in here. He's, um, we've wor been working together for, oh, I'm going to say two, or, two to three years. I lose track after yeah. a while. It's been two or three years. We've been doing some work together. We've been coaching together. He's been in some of our classes. Um, so I, it's, I can honestly say that it's been amazing to watch the growth of Paulo in his coaching over the last few years as he's picked up this discipline and run with it and then mixed it into his work as an agile coach. Um, so I'm really excited to hear this talk on business value. And um, Paulo, I'm going to hand it over to you. Feel free to... Um, let me know if you need anything. For everyone else, as you're joining, you're on mute. Um, if you want to ask any questions, you can unmute yourself and speak. But otherwise, please stay on mute. That way we have less background noise. And feel free to use the chat box to chat and give comments, ask questions. And I'll monitor the chat box to make sure Paulo um, catches those questions. So, Paulo, over to you. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sheree. Yeah, I think it's two, three years that we've been working together, learning with each other and, uh, you know, contributing to a better world, I suppose, uh, through coaching and, uh, and the agile world. Um, so uh, great to see so many faces here today. Um, really, uh, I can see, yeah, actually many. If it is okay with you, um, if you don't mind, switch on your cameras because it just means that uh, we are better connected. Uh, so if you can, please switch on. If you can't, then it's okay. Everyone is welcome to stop me at any time and ask questions. So we want to make this uh, session as interactive as possible, especially because it's uh, on, you know, done remotely. Uh, and so it is also one of my uh, goals to actually try uh, a new tool that I've started using recently, uh, which is Mentimeter. Um, uh, I actually bought a purchased license and I'm quite impressed with the stuff that can do actually. So I'm going to use it here so that, you know, all of you can actually see and you can use it in your own um, remote um, sessions. So the first thing I would like to say is, uh, so I'm in like Shuri already said, so I'm Paulo, uh, Paulo Diaz. I, I, uh, I'm originally from Portugal, uh, but I live uh, in London. I still have a very strong uh, Portuguese accent. So apologies for that. Um, and uh, uh, I'm an agile coach, so I've been doing agile coaching for around maybe 12, 13 years. Uh, so I started as a scrum master uh, and then became an agile coach. Um, and before, prior to that, uh, I was a, a software engineer, so uh, very much developer in many languages, and I still do a little bit of hands-on development here and there. 
so that's about me. I don't want to talk a lot about me. I'd like, you know, of the best would be for each one of you to introduce yourselves, but it would take too long. So if you don't mind, we'll skip to the next question, which actually is, you know, what brings you here today? And I'm kind of looking for, um, if possible, two words maximum. So there is Mentimeter, you can use um, using that code. So you can do on your mobile or, or on your laptop or PC. Uh, www.menti.com and the code is 538490 and the code is valid it's the same code for the entire uh, session so there are about five or six times that I will ask you to to vote or to uh, you know type in uh, your thoughts uh, during uh, the session so I'm going to show what's coming up so as you can see it's a worth word growth so it's, it's just going to come curiosity curiosity twice shared growth acknowledge knowledge acquiring learning it's pretty cool so let's give it a little bit more time 10 people have contributed you can contribute it more than once if you want Also, if you, uh, if you think about the title of uh, the session, what comes to mind? What would you like to learn more about it? Okay, so we've got 22. And I think we've got how many? 24, so yeah, we are 24. So we've reached, everyone has done it. So thank you, thank you very much. Viewpoint, yeah. Collaboration, business value, it keeps changing, so it's, it's great. Um, the next question is actually, uh, since we're going to be here for the next um, one hour at least, uh, what do we need from each other in this session? So a few examples, you know, and this is kind of our alliance during this session. So what do we actually need from each other? So a few examples are, you know, presence, perhaps keep away from distractions, support, respect, perhaps right to pass. I'm not actually, these are just examples. So I'm not suggesting any of this. So it's up to you uh, as a group, as a team to actually decide what would you like to have from yourselves, from each other, from us, yeah, from all of us together. So let's go to the next question. And it's ready to start. Authentic presence, nice. Focus, participation. Concentration and dedication, respect. Oh, nice, those are three words, but it's, it's well done. Open mind, open-mindedness, insights backed with experience, respect, share insights, collaborative consumption, value, share ideas, sharing insights. Hmm.
safe space. That's a new one. Inside, yeah, that's already gone. Participation. Okay, so uh, the point here is that it's all about all of you. Okay, so it's not only about me. We need to make this as interactive as possible so that we can actually learn with each other. So we're sharing experiences, we're sharing insights, we are um, agreeing that uh, I'm guessing respect as well. So we respect other people's opinions. Um, and also, you know, I need all of us to actually contribute to this. It's a different type of learning experience. Okay, so don't just be quiet. Feel free to stop and give your own experience, your own uh, client experience, if you will. And I think we've got a safe space. Do we? Do we all agree we've got a safe space? Yeah, so everyone gets to be right. Cool. Open mind. Yeah, I think we've got enough of this now. So yeah, so thank you. Thank you everyone for participating. Let's go back to the thing. I've got two screens, so I need to. So let's go through uh, through the agenda. So start. we'll start by going through, you know, business agility as a concept, what we understand of business agility. We'll then go to business value. Uh, and within business value section, we'll talk about outputs versus outcomes versus impact. We're going to the improvement kata, originally from Toyota. Um, we're going into a new way of uh, writing hypothesis outcomes and key results, uh, also known as OKRs. Uh, and then a little bit about pivoting from uh, projects to products uh, through business outcomes as a, as a common, uh, as a middle, middle way. Uh, and then linking strategy to execution, which probably might be a new concept for some of us. Um, uh, and also talking about leading and lagging indicators. And then, uh, you know, this should, this should take about an hour at least. And then we can have a little bit of a Q&A at the end. Um, but you, you are always free to stop me and uh, ask me questions whenever you want. Okay, so let's give this example. So we come across this company ABC and they listed their priorities as these. Uh, improve ways of working with broader business, undertake more initiatives to closely match customers' expectations, change processes to better enable the broader business goals and build a systematic approach to assessing and aligning risks with security. So these are four examples. If there could be more, ABC could have, could, could have a lot more. But what I'd like to do is actually, you know, trying to understand what's odd about uh, these priorities. Okay, and so we've got Menti uh, with the next question. So I'm just going to start and then I'll go back to the uh, one second. So I don't know if you need that. I've, you may need to do this a screenshot to uh, to remember. So if you can do a screenshot on your PC, and then I will I will start showing what the results are on Mentimeter. Okay. Not smart. Well done. Yeah. 
very good point. Who said that? Would you like to? Does everyone know what smart is? Does anyone not want to talk about that? Unspecific, all different, vague. Yeah. Not okay ours, yes. Starting, not finishing, well done, yeah. So I guess it's like without a deadline or without a timeline in mind, not ordered, absence of a clear vision, yeah. Indicating lack of focus, nothing tangible. Bizarre, yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so as well. That was the intention. Uh, what about working with employees, yeah. So th these are good, very, very good observations. So thanks for that. Uh, and I'm kind of thinking uh, in this session, let's try to address uh, all of these, you know, and I, I think um, I think there to some extent, you know, everything, all of these are going to be addressed anyway. Uh, and I particularly like this one. What about working with employees? Yeah. So what's the contribution of our employees towards those um, those initiatives or those priorities? Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. And now I'd like to introduce, oh, sorry, apologies. Actually, it's this. So does anyone, have, have anyone heard about VUCA? What does VUCA actually mean? Anyone? Um, maybe you can contribute to chat. I can't see chat on chat. Let me see. Oh yeah, I can see. Okay, now I can see. So in the chat, can anyone say what VUCA, volatile, volatile, yeah, volatile. What else? V is for volatile. And what else? Uncertainty or uncertain, complex. Ambiguity, yeah, that's it. We got it all. Well done. So, so we've got volatility, uh, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And so volatility in terms of accelerating speed of change, and because we've got unstable markets, as, as we all know. Uh, uncertainty because uncertain outcomes, and, and someone told, uh, said about smart, so the you know, outcomes are, used, uh, are frequently not smart enough. Uh, Long-term plans are of little use. So many times uh, the strategy is um, scoped after, after a, a very long timeline and CEOs change faster than you can actually deliver the strategy. Uh, and so when the CEO changes, the strategy also changes and everything starts again uh, without having actually nothing achieved. Uh, complexity, yeah. Obviously, and complexity in today's world uh, increases to a lack of predictability. So more and more is more difficult to predict what we can actually deliver uh, and the value of it. And of course, ambiguity uh, in terms of conflict of information and, and also in, in terms of unknowns. And so we think that business agility is ideal for a VUCA world. And so there is a sequence in, the, in this way of thinking. 
uh, and actually, uh, okay, so we've got another one, sorry. Uh, all these companies have got something in common. Um, what is it? You, perhaps you can put in the chat as well. They couldn't adapt to change and fail. Yep, that's very much it. They couldn't be fast enough to adapt to change. And some of them actually refused to, to change. You know, Polaroid, for example, or even Nokia to, with smartphones. They knew what they needed to do, but they just didn't believe it. Yeah. And Kodak with uh, digital. Yeah, did not anticipate changing customer needs. And we've got a statement here from Jack Welch, uh, which said enough passed away a couple of months ago or three or four months ago, I think. Uh, Ex-CEO from um, uh, General Electric, uh, sorry, General Motors, uh, GM. Um, and, uh, you know, he used to say, if the rate of change on the outside exceeds the rate of change on the inside, then the end is near. And so, sadly, that was the reason why, you know, most of these companies have actually disappeared from the indexes, from the, from the S&Ps and, you know, you know, basically went bankrupt and disappeared and started and stopped trading. So what is business agility for you? Again, we've got another question on Menti. So if you don't mind going back to Menti. This is a bit slow, apologies. <laughs> Don't know why it's not changing. Sorry, I think it crashed. <laughs> oh God. I think the, the animated GIF was so long that it crashed. Okay, let's see if it was now. Oh, I don't have it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so what, what is business agility for you? Um, you can put it in the chat. I, I, I don't know why that screen has disappeared. Yeah, so what's business agility to you? Adopting, okay. Responding to change quickly. Agile values across the business. Ability to adapt. Companies adapting to changing market needs quickly. You see how, 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 how good this is? Because all of you collectively already know so much about business agility. And we all bring, all we're doing is actually bringing these concepts together in this group. Uh, and actually sharing our own knowledge with, uh, with each other. So that's really good. Ability to respond to change by coming up with innovative solutions, being responsive to customer needs and market demands, creating face masks instead of uniforms. Okay, yeah, that's innovative. Uh, when it will be done? Yeah, good. When will it be done? Learning from our experiences, determining business priorities while putting customer at the heart of the business plan. Yeah. 
Okay, so we've got two um, definitions. The first one is actually from the Agile Business Consortium. Uh, and uh, it says exactly what many people said. So respond rapidly and flexibly to customer demands, adapt and to lead change in a productive and cost-effective way without compromising quality, continuously be at a competitive advantage, adapt quickly to market changes internally and externally. So this is from the Agile Business Consortium. And we've got a second one, which is actually from the Business Agility Institute uh, in, in US uh, and says the business agility is the speed and effectiveness with which an organization can learn, create insights and respond to achieved desired outcomes for customers, colleagues and the organization. So this is actually our, you know, mine at least uh, preferred um, definition for business agility is quite concise and specific. Uh, and uh, in the company I work for, you know, put simply, it is about delivering better value, sooner, safer, happier for our customers. Uh, and here, some, you know, some um, KPIs or some metrics for each one of these BVSSH. So in terms of better, we want to actually uh, measure improved quality of service delivery. Uh, in terms of uh, value, we want to be able to write business outcomes that are aligned across the teams that are delivering it and across the business as well. So totally align, alignment, understanding, shared understanding, so that we can actually deliver what everyone uh, wants. Uh, Sooner is about having the right metrics, the right um, you know, uh, time bound metrics, such as you know, throughput. What's the throughput? Are we increasing in our throughput? Are we improving in our flow efficiency? Are we reducing our lead time uh, to deliver? So three metrics, flow efficiency, throughput and lead time, and they're all actually related anyway. Uh, happier is about how do, we, how do we make our colleagues and our customers happier? Yeah? And we can measure this in a number of ways. We can do NPS surveys. Uh, we can ask teams uh, you know, in our cadences, in our, maybe in our sprints if we're doing Scrum or in our Kanban's cadences uh, and finding out what, what is it that we're doing that uh, needs to be done so that the teams are happier, the teams are more autonomous, or maybe perhaps um, doing better uh, understanding, having a better understanding of what the business is, of what the company actually wants from them. And are our customers better, uh, more happier with every release, with the things that we are releasing to them or not, you know? And so that, that's about measuring happiness. Uh, and safer, finally, is actually, you know, related to, with continuous compliance in, you know, whether we like it or not, we still need to comply with regulations uh, with everything we do, especially in the banks. Uh, and how do we actually, you know, deliver stable systems with improved service quality and fewer outages? That's also related to SAFER. Uh, and this is uh, from, it's part of the work that uh, Jonathan Smart has been delivering uh, and started, so I've, I've been working with John uh, for a long time. Um, since the Buckley's days, uh, so at least uh, five years, six years at least, uh, and uh, we continue to work uh, within Deloitte at the moment. Any questions so far? I think that's a good time to do the first check-in and find out if there is anything that uh, you would like to ask. Nope, it's a very quiet audience. Uh, so I'll continue then. 
Okay, the next thing, uh, it's a slide from uh, Enric Nickberg, uh, and it talks about uh, maximizing value, not output. So, and here, you know, the title I put for this slide is business value is actually expressed by outcomes and impact rather than outputs. And the picture tells us many things, you know, uh, and I'd like to kind of get your opinion of uh, what is it that you see in a picture, first of all? Okay, so we've got two uh, slices, right? So the first one, the top one, and the bottom one. Um, what are the differences that you see? Please, uh, please put it on the chat. Or feel free to, uh, to, to, you know, to verbally say something as well. Quantity at the bottom, quality. So top quantity, bottom quality. Yeah, absolutely. Creating the right product, yeah. Less on the bottom, but higher value. Yeah, the art of delivering less, right? Less on the bottom, but higher value. How do we know the value? Well, because the picture kind of indicates um, it's gold. And this looks like it's all like, I don't know, metal or whatever, any non-valuable uh, stones, right? So we, we, you know, this guy is actually um, gathering stones and this guy is gathering gold. He's actually selecting ability to distinguish the gold from everything else. So what is gold? What does gold actually mean in this context? Business value, outcomes, yes. Yeah, value, value, yeah, gold is value. So the, this color is actually value, it's actually shining, right? Uh, and someone mentioned happiness, happier workforce. Why do you say happier workforce? Uh, that's Sarabia Kanatum. Why, why happier? I'm, I'm very curious. Well, I might be wrong, but they're smiling and... Yeah. Much happier. I'm, I want that in my team. <laughs> no, no, you, you're not wrong. You are absolutely right. In fact, I've run this, I don't know, about 25 times at least now. And you're the first person to actually noticing that. You know, this guy here is actually smiling. And he's happier. He's happier because he's, he's delivering better value. Yeah? Mm -hmm. He's picking up from, the, from everything that's available. What's the highest value items? And he's picking up and he's putting in a truck. Well, this guy is all, it's the same thing. You know, all of them are the same. I just need to finish this. You know, there's an urgency of just finishing, just like feature factory, if you will. Yeah. So that's here, the kind of uh, um, metric that comes to mind is actually, are we trying to deliver features that don't actually matter? Because that's what I see many times in our clients. You know, they don't actually care about the value of the features. They just want to report, oh, we delivered, uh, you know, 30 features in this, sprint or 30 features in this release but what is it exactly that you deliver you know and uh, we've come across lots of people actually reporting on number of features that they deliver rather than the value that they've actually delivered yeah so you could perhaps deliver five features instead of 25 but those five features could deliver a lot more value than 25 so it's this concept of busyness people are busy doing stuff without actually knowing what the value of that stuff is and it's very much related to our, you know, agile principles, you know, 
which says, you know, you know, try to understand what, what's the value, maximize the value, the art of doing less, but with a higher value. And we hear this from many, many authors uh, in, in, uh, in, in Agile that talk exactly about that. So maximize value, not output. So that's a great example from, uh, from Enric. Um, we, I really like Enric's uh, cartoons or drawings, really, really very, uh, very good. So as you know, Enric uh, used to work for Spotify uh, and supposedly is known also by the Spotify model, um, which I believe did not actually exist, but you know, it became history. So next one, there is a, a, a very, very, very good video from Jeff Patton, uh, and the link is here. So I, you know, I really, I'm, we're not going to play here now because it's about 10 minutes, but it's excellent. Uh, and you, you, you would be spending very good 10 minutes by watching it. Um, so this is just a summary. Uh, and actually it's the final of the video anyway. So what, uh, what Jeff says is that, uh, you know, most of the times everyone, all companies, especially startups, uh, have got tons and tons of ideas most likely always too many ideas and most of them suck there's a stat there's a stat about startups that um, you know when they start you know they're all very excited uh, in delivering uh, their stuff their scope their ideas um, but only about two to four percent of startups have actually succeed at the end of one year so most of them actually fail and the reason is because they are focusing on delivering too much outputs yeah so all these ideas um, that uh, you know come up they are not tested they're not actually uh, you know they're not actually uh, checked against the impact that they bring to the business or the the outcomes you know what is the outcome and the impact that they bring to the business and they're just ideas because someone usually developers think that it's a good idea to deliver this uh, and so they get on on it and, and deliver it without actually knowing if, if anyone from the business is actually going to use it at some point. And so those features are all created uh, and uh, many times too many, no one actually understands what the value is. There was no study to actually understand, you know, if we deliver this, what would be, uh, you know, the number of users or the impact on the company? Uh, market share, for example, will the market share increase as a result of delivering this feature or not, you know? And so what Jeff is saying uh, is that uh, this is the problem with most companies. You know, they want to change the world, but they've got too many ideas. Most of them suck. We can't actually tell which ones are good and which ones are not. Uh, and therefore everything ends up being done. Uh, and there's, those are actually the outputs because we don't actually know. You know, sometimes outputs can also be outcomes, but you know, most of them are not. Um, uh, and most of them do not contribute, so do not necessarily contribute to an outcome. And so what is an outcome then? Well, the outcome is the result of something that we do that actually delivers an immediate behavior change or a satisfaction grade, you know? So imagine you, you do, you're working on a feature for say three months, um, and uh, at the end of the, the three months, the feature gets released and you can immediately see something. And to that, it is uh, a satisfaction. So it, it meets the, the acceptance criteria. So we see something happening, uh, but we can't actually see the long-term uh, benefit of delivering that feature. So what we see is something that uh, 
proves that a feature is working. Uh, it could be, for example, um, a change of behavior in our clients, or, or could be like uh, uh, the fact they are now uh, checking that this feature exists and they are actually testing it, they are using, so we know that they are using and we know that it's deriving some benefit. Uh, but we may not know what's the return on investment because it may take more, longer than three months. It may take maybe six months or it may take one year to actually start returning on investment to a rate that we can say, oh, wow, that we've actually achieved our 30% return on investment or 30% increase of market share in this product or uh, a brand awareness of uh, an improved brand awareness of say 10% or so. So that is the impact. That's the, that's, that's the measure of success over a period of time. And the outcome, according to Jeff, is actually what you get at the end uh, of the delivery rate, of the release, basically. When you release, when you put something live, you enable the feature, switch on the feature, and you can see a change. And that's what the leading, um, leading, leading uh, figure is. So leading indicator and lagging indicator. So Jeff calls lagging indicators impact and leading indicators as outcome. Generically, you know, uh, when, when I work on this, I just uh, call uh, outcome as opposed to output. And, uh, and I say, well, if it is a leading indicator, it's something that you get straight away when you, when you release that outcome. And the lagging indicator is what you expect to see over a period of time, say six months, maybe one year. And what Jeff is saying is that the company's the success usually uh, what I'm trying to do is actually minimize the outputs and actually maximize uh, the outcomes and the impact. So when you maximize the outcome and impact, you've got a, a long lasting effect that will make your company um, you know, last longer. Um, so we want to build less outputs and we want to build more, you know, the features that matter, the, the features that result in higher outcomes and higher impact. And we want to perhaps stop talking about goals or objectives because they don't explain what is it that we're trying to achieve for the future of the company, okay? So any questions about this? Uh, as I said, you know, don't forget to watch this video. It's, uh, it's really very, very powerful. Um, uh, and it, it gives a very good explanation of the difference between outputs and, uh, and outcomes. So I stop a little bit now to just check if there is any questions. Uh, feel free to put on the on the chat as well. So Paula, absolutely. we had one question. Um, yep. I was just waiting kind of for us a break, and it was, do you have any examples of effective business agility in large companies? Yes, yes. So yeah, I think we're going to see some. Um, can't reveal well. <sighs> I can, I can show the process. I can't actually reveal uh, what the client uh, strategic theme is or strategic objective. Because most, most of the stra strategy is confidential, is internal to the company. And the employees need to know and need to understand what the strategy is in order to deliver against the strategy. But what I'm, what I'm going to show is actually how to link the strategy to the execution. So how to link the strategy that the, 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 the CEO and the leadership team is working on uh, and how does that get delivered by uh, the development teams. Yeah, thank you. There's also Rick uh, put in a great example too in the chat for those of you who didn't see it. Every yeah. company that had to pivot with COVID-19, people who are making respirators instead of 
lawn mowers, people who are making face masks instead yep. of t-shirts. All um, there's a local company by me who is a chemical company for some kind of paint, and now they're making hand sanitizer instead. Yeah, and and in my current client, actually, what happened is um, they put everything on hold, so they were delivering the strategy, uh, and they're working on business outcomes uh, quarterly. Uh, so every quarter, three months business outcomes, and they had to put everything on hold because the factory just basically closed and they couldn't sell anything. And instead they had to work on something that the brands were asking. So this is a group of uh, different companies, different brands, and the brands were asking for things that took priority over COVID-19. So, uh, so that, that was the change. Uh, and they could do that because they were working on business outcomes that are quarterly. So they put quarterly business outcomes on hold and they replaced them by new business outcomes that needed to be delivered uh, in order to, um, you know, in order to work with COVID-19 um, impact. Awesome. So, and if this is the right time, if not, um, we can put this question on hold. What's the best way to introduce business agility in a small company that doesn't know much about agility? What's the best way to introduce business agility to a small company? Okay, it's actually asking what, what would you need in order to uh, delivering faster and becoming more adaptable to fast changing requirements? Would that be a good question? So in terms of business agility, and maybe we can just uh, verify that. So business agility is the speed of effectiveness with which an organization can learn, create insights, and respond to achieve desired outcomes for customers, colleagues, and the organization. Is the small company, as uh, Sandra asks, is a small company actually delivering um, products? Okay. And are those products successful uh, in meeting customers' expectations? Or, yes, okay. So maybe they don't need, they are already using business agility. Because what we see, what business agility tries to respond, it's uh, this, very fast market changing conditions that will actually stop you from delivering what the customers want. So let me give you an example. So if, you, if your uh, release schedule, uh, say, you, you know, and, and this is true, so there are some companies that are still delivering every six months. Yeah, they don't have uh, shorter uh, release schedules. So they only have one release every six months because they think that, oh no, we can't impact the business too much. We'd, we need to have long UAT and so on and so forth, but you all know because I'm sure you all have that experience. And so uh, what typically happens when you release every six months is that things change faster than what you can actually uh, put out there uh, live in production. And therefore you, you are not, uh, so you're not following what Jack was saying here. So if the rate of change on the outside exceeds the rate of change in the inside, the end of the near, yeah, the end is near. So, uh, uh, okay, Sandra, so thanks, thanks for that. Uh, we've got another question. Uh, how can you incorporate business agility in an organization that is established and you can, and you are a new unit? Well, if you are a new unit, then perhaps, you know, it's probably easier because, um, because you don't have the bad habits that uh, other units have uh, and you are probably able to change faster. 
So incorporate business agility. It's similar to Sandra's question, but I'm referring to change management. Uh, yeah, carry on, son. Yeah, right. I probably I'm not articulate on, on paper. Um, what I meant to say was, um, so you're right. It's a completely new unit, so you can implement everything. So thank you. So, but it's an existing organisation over a hundred years old. So they yeah. have some of the participants in the new unit will be from the old unit. So we've done it this way always. So how would you? And plus, you're changing what you're doing is in, for example, in my unit we. We've reduced the workforce and we've changed the processes. So, yeah. is there any way to make it look more well? I, well, agility is more positive, but any yeah. way to look at that—that's what I meant. By so. Let me ask a question: Are they delivering projects? Yes, part of it is they're delivering projects and they're also um, delivering outcomes. And it's actually um, what I'm talking about. Is it's a unit that works with the court system and everything else. So it kind of, yeah, we're delivering projects, but separate projects divisionally. So what would have been done locally, for example, is now divisional. So it's a whole unit. Okay. Um, are, they, are they able to change at the rate they want? Or are yes. they able to? In, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Okay, so in that case, you know, maybe they are already using business agility because you know the the question is really fast. It's really easy, really. If you are if you're able to change faster than uh, the requirements, you know, demand, or, or faster than the external world, uh, then then you're okay. The problem is when you you're not. The problem is that when your structure does not allow you to change fast enough. And, uh, you know, and, and then you went, in, you went into a backlog of change. Uh, so for example, many companies still have projects that take 12 months to be delivered, like as a big bang approach, right? So big bang delivery after 12 months. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to go into that one example, like I said, you know, exactly like that. So mm -hmm. I'll just carry on then. Is there another one? Um, Yogesh, so what's the best way to introduce business agility for a team? who is building a system for its internal teams in the organization. The team does not know who their customers are and creating their own requirements for the system. Okay, one second. So one question at a time. Uh, so of course, business agility has got many, many things involved, right? So it talks about organizational, uh, sorry, uh, organizational, uh, target operating model within the company. Uh, it talks about uh, pivoting from projects to products uh, or business outcomes. It talks about um, metrics such as flow, you know, flow efficiency uh, and uh, better ways of working. So it's it's a it's a it's a kind of a combination of uh, factors uh, that organizations need to understand and actually prioritize on how to actually make this move and become more become more agile in terms of business agility. Uh, so with this detail, I'm not sure, Yogesh, uh, do, you, do you want to ask the question and, and clarify a little bit more? Uh, yes, so um, this is from um, an, uh, a project that I was associated with and I just wanted to put that reference of business agility to that yeah. uh, uh, work. So we were building uh, a, a system internally within an organization uh, and we did not know who our customers, target customers were going to be. 
So we were gen uh, generating our own requirements, ensuring that we would be able to show something for some customers probably as a show and tell. And then once they identify what we are doing, they would start giving us the requirements is what our thought process was. But like we were one year into that uh, uh, you know, work, but we hadn't had a single customer yet. So how could we introduce business agility within that one year time span and ensure that we were, would be able to reach the customers even faster so that we could get some feedback and hopefully requirements from target customers who would okay, eventually so be using your, the system. You, your product owner uh, is a representative of your customers, right? Uh, so, Yeah, yeah. But he was so, not associated with any customer uh, per se. It was just brainstorming and generating ideas from his own head and possibly with the VP. Well, then I'll say that is the problem. <laughs> that that is basically the problem. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so that's like a typical example. It, I know it happens a lot of times. Uh, we don't actually know. And I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this organization like a, kind of a, a startup? Uh, no, it's it's, a, it's quite, a, quite a multi-billion dollar company. Okay. But who is, who, how does he know what's important for the cost, for the business? So it's like a pilot that they wanted to introduce, uh, just show something uh, as a data to multiple customers and okay. would, uh, you know, once the, the customers see it, then they would get an idea. Oh, okay, this is what your team is providing the data to us. Now we would want to customize it and give you more requirements. So that was the overall picture. Yeah, that's, that's a difficult one because he's trying to get something out of, out of the shelf for everyone rather yeah. than actually, yeah. So, uh, so but I, I feel that he must be a subject matter expert himself or maybe he's, is he a business person? Yeah, he's both a business person and uh, an enterprise architect acting as a product owner. Okay, so then that means that he's got a very good insight of what the customers really want, regardless of the fact that if you know he's talked to them or not. Maybe he's an ex-customer. Maybe he's, you know, someone with uh, with with uh, an insight of what the market really wants, uh, or True. and it's not there yet, right? So yes. that's what's driving him. So why would you say that there is no business agility? Well, uh, because we want to do a ship some some features faster we wanted to get a feedback from some of them who would potentially become our customers but that was not happening we were just building features uh, after features every iteration and it took uh, at least a year and now we have got one identified customer who is interested in in this okay and so now you, you are able to proceed with that customer yes we are yeah. all right so i want to just okay. jump in real quick um Happy to have discussion, happy to have questions, but let's keep it sp um, general because when we get into specific situations, yeah. everybody else is like just waiting for the conversation to be over. So um, please feel free to um, ping Paulo individually on LinkedIn and he can give some answers to your specific situations. For this session, let's keep questions kind of general so that um, everyone gets benefit. Let's carry on then. So um, again, I'll just continue with the uh, difference between outputs and business outcomes. And we noticed that most organizations are making decisions related to outputs. Uh, and therefore those decisions may not be directly related to the quality or the impact of their services. It's just like, a, just to remind the difference. So an output is created at the end of a process 
and we're looking into examples such as you know number of shoes sold in a shoe shop or training classes delivered by a training facility or even meals served in the restaurant you know those are type of outputs that we often see uh, a business outcome on the other side it, it actually quantifies the level of performance or achievement that occurred uh, as a result of an activity uh, and so we here we're talking about an increase of awareness uh, of some sort, so in this case, 30%, uh, or a, a, a retention of customer, uh, sorry, an increase of customer retention by 25%, or increase of market share by 30%. So it needs to be very specific, uh, and it's to be measurable as well. So someone said smart, and that's exactly what it is. So we're talking about a business outcome. It needs to be very specific, measurable, you know, achievable. Um, uh, and uh, a business outcome that we recommend is actually uh, a quarterly business outcome. So we're looking into three months or less than three months. Yeah. So three months or less. Uh, and in three months or less, we may not achieve this. We may not achieve an increased uh, awareness of our product by 30% because that is actually a, a lagging indicator. That's the impact. That's what Jeff Patton is saying. You know, you may start seeing this only after six or seven months or, or one year. You know, you don't get that straight away. But you need to start somewhere. And you start by delivering something at the end of three months. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you learn from that, you know, after six months. So the, after three months, you may not get 30%. You may just get like, okay, maybe 5%. And then uh, after six months, you may get another 10% as more and more customers are using that business outcome uh, and so on and so forth. And you learn with it. So there is a curve of increase in order to meet the business, out, the, the lagging indicator. The next slide talks about um, the difference. So process of writing a business outcome. Uh, and here, what we say is that, and we always uh, recommend uh, an hypothesis because a business outcome is exactly that, is, is an hypothesis. We, you don't know, it's, it's kind of a bet, you don't know if you're going to achieve that or not until you, you work enough, you need delivery, you put in production, and you start getting feedback from your customers. Uh, and, you know, and that's when you realize, oh yeah, okay, so customers are using, it might be that because it is an hypothesis, it might be that, it actually does not work or did not work. And it did not contribute enough to your initiatives or to your higher level outcome, uh, outcomes in the, in the portfolio um, of outcomes. Um, and so what we, what we uh, have here is actually a process where uh, usually we, we, we know what the benefits are, we know what we want to achieve um, and we know what we want to deliver. So that we've got the what, which is a capability. Uh, we know why and we want uh, and we know how you know how we're going to get there uh, and what we need to test in order to deliver in order to know that we've delivered the outcome okay so a possible template uh, from uh, from this source here is we believe that delivering this capability whatever that capability is and we're going to see a, an, an example for a persona will result in an outcome and we'll know we're successful when a number of key results, so it's not three, it might be just one, it might be two. In fact, it's good to start just with a few to test the hypothesis. 
uh, a lot of our clients actually put lots of key results and then they don't end up succeeding on uh, on them because they just put too much um, and so what we know, want to do is actually write the outcome in this format so that we can actually have a conversation with our customers and with our developers to, to make sure that there is alignment and a shared understanding and everyone is on the same page uh, and uh, it's interesting because this it needs to be a conversation you can't you can't just write a business outcome and expect everyone to understand it and i've seen business outcomes written where uh, two or three stakeholders have a different interpretation of what that business outcome actually means okay so it's really important to have the conversation as an example here on the right uh, we've got uh, the new bank account creation and a persona has been identified that persona is young ceos of startups um, and the capability or whatever we want to, we have to do has been identified as well in this case is the launching of a new bank account yeah so we believe that launching the new bank account this is the this is what we need to deliver for this persona young ceos of startups will result in this outcome what is the outcome well an increase of market share for SPM, which is small business medium, uh, small business uh, managers, yeah, um, small business managers, and we'll know it's successful when small, sorry, small business membership increases by twenty-five percent. So very clear, specific, lagging indicator, uh, and NPS for fifty percent of uh, uh, of. Uh, small business members increases from eight to nine. So this is a very clear, specific measure of success. And when we achieve these two, we know that that business outcome is successful. So in this example, we put lagging indicators, not leading indicators. Uh, what could be an example of a leading indicator for this? Um, so a leading indicator is something that you start noticing immediately as soon as you deliver as soon as you put in life so and, and as i said you might not get a membership increase by 25 percent immediately right so it might take a couple of months two three four five months i don't know depending on the marketing campaign uh, and the nps takes time to uh to to improve as well so what could be a leading indicator and this is something that you can put uh on the on the chat number of accounts so francis said uh, thanks francis so number of accounts activates yeah active uh, act, active so so what we're seeing here what, what francis i think uh, is trying to say is that the moment we put in life if we start seeing an increase of uh, of accounts so we, we know that is possible then we know that the customers are starting to use this and that's a leading indicator it's just to prove that yeah we are on the right path it's actually working you know uh, and uh, we just need to have a little bit more time to actually see a uh, website hits is another one yeah website hits as a uh, as a leading indicator so it's just to prove that the application is actually working people are actually using it and we've we've seen an increase of hits. so those are the leading indicators we immediately notice the moment we put in production we immediately notice that. So why are they there? And why do we need leading? And why do we need lagging? Why can't we just use lagging? Well, because if we only have, if you only have lagging indicators, we don't actually know if the application is working or not. So the application is deployed. We need to test what's, you know, are our customers actually using it or not? 
are they uh, having good feedback about it? And that can be tested on the first day, yeah? Um, and, uh, and, and after some time, we're going to see results, uh, contributions to our lagging indicators, which probably are at a higher level of your portfolio. So let's carry on. I've got uh, an exercise here. Uh, well, we, we can't actually do the exercise because this is a, a virtual uh, meeting, uh, but I'd like to show you uh, the difference between outputs and outcomes. And this is uh, based on Van Gogh's uh, Cows in the Meadow painting. It's a famous painting from Van Gogh, um, painted in 1883. Um, and it consists of this, of this. So we've got, we divide uh, the class into two groups and we give them five minutes to complete activity. Okay, so in the first group, uh, the brief says, draw a beautiful summer meadow with blue and red flowers in green grass, some cows and birds under a shining sun. In the group two, we say, draw a beautiful summer meadow with, so up to here is common, right? Here is very, uh, you know, specified what exactly you want. 10 blue flowers with five petals each, five blue flowers with six petals each and so on and so forth. So you've got a list of things that a team needs to deliver. Here, you don't have a list of things that a team needs to deliver. You just have like, you know, a definition of what uh, the expectation is, what the expected result is. Any questions about this? So we're not actually going to do it. I just want to run through some of the results that we get all the time. Okay, so this is a great exercise for you to do in class. Uh, and as I said, so divide the, the group into two teams or two groups. And to one group, you give the left brief and to the other group, you give the, the, the right brief. And you don't, um, you don't tell them the differences between the briefs. So they don't know what uh, the other team is doing. Okay, so what, when we do this, we typically have these two groups. So I've, um, I've kind of concealed the faces here. So I don't want to see, this is one of our clients. And as you can see, this is group one and this is group two. And I'd like to ask by, you know, just observe what they're doing. What, a, what are they focusing on? So what is this group? First of all, the group on the left, what is the group on the left focusing on? And we know that someone is focusing on outputs and someone is focusing on outcomes. Okay, so what's, what's the group on the left focusing on? Uh, you can share on the chat. Outcomes, okay. Anyone else? So this is the left group, yeah? Crossing checklist, yeah. Very good observation. What does crossing a checklist suggest? Getting the job done, yes. What does that suggest? So there is a checklist, yeah? Crossing the checklist. And the other thing that you can see as well is that um, daily outputs, yes. And it, it, as you can see, two or three, you know, three people are working on the same thing. So this guy is crossing the checklist, as someone said. Uh, this one is actually drawing a cow uh, and, uh, and she's doing something else, yeah? So the team is working, they are all multitasking and it appears that they are working on different things. They might be talking, 
but they are multitasking and they are working on different things. What is the group on the right doing differently? Discussing, yes, very well. What else? So they're talking a lot more, doing less, Se coll collaborating, yeah, collaborating together, researching, yes. Yeah, and, and so what we see here is that there is no, there is no list to cross, right? Negotiating the outputs, being particular, seem more focused. So the team on the right seems more focused. Yeah, I would definitely agree. They are listening. Yeah. So basically, they're talking to each other to understand what does a beautiful summer meadow with blue and red flowers and green grass, some cows and birds under the sun in the shining sun actually means. Only one person has a pen in her hands, says uh, Adalbert. Yeah. And absolutely correct. So only one person. So there is a conversation. There is a shared understanding. There is alignment. They're planning on the right and they are doing on the left. But what are they doing on the left? They're crossing stuff. They are, they are writing stuff, but you know, each one, they're working in silos, basically. Yeah, if these people are collaborating, these guys here are working on silos. And let's carry on. So, uh, okay, so we've, we've, we've seen the distinction. Uh, I, I'm not sure yet. I don't think uh, you may not know what is outputs and what is outcomes. Uh, you may have an indication, but, you know, let's, let's have a look at this. So, again, we've got left and right. What do you see on the left that is different from what you see on the right? They're doing exactly, the picture on the left are doing exactly what the customer asked for. The problem I've got with that is that, you know, it doesn't really make much sense. Look at the picture on the left. The picture on the left, you know, okay, it's not an art, you know, I can't say uh, it's a piece of art, but at least you can see it's a, it's a, it's a summer meadow. You can see some cows, you can see some flowers. It's uh, artistically done. It's a, remember, this is a five minutes job, yeah? But there is something you get out of it, yeah? It might not be extremely good quality, but it, you get, you, you kind of understand what it is. But on here, they stuck to the exercise and they delivered exactly what the exercise said, box by box, yeah? So they tick the boxes, you know? Uh, you know, seven or eight or nine or whatever, blue flowers, you know, uh, two cows in red cows, uh, five uh, green cows or whatever. Even the sun is green. Uh, it didn't say that the sun is green, but actually they, they made the sun green. So basically they're sticking to outputs. This is ticking box exercise. This is a more collaborative uh, team effort. And if you think that this only happens once, you're mistaken because we've done this many times and it's the same every single one of them yeah so this is the group focusing on outcome 
this is the group focusing on outputs. Perhaps with rare exceptions. So we, I could see that this is kind of, um, it perhaps it's a little, good, little bit better. It's almost like an outcome, but it's not yet. It just ended up being good. This is probably the best of the output. But as you can see here, it's not coordinated. It's, it, it just doesn't make any sense. In some cases, uh, although I don't think I've got here, sometimes you see cows upside down because they are in a rounded table and everyone is doing cows. And uh, you know some of the cows are upside down, which typical, they're just delivering what they've been asked for, but it doesn't, it's not acceptable from a customer point of view because it's based on output. It's a hashtag, it's like a hashtag number of cows. Uh, you know, it, and it really does not, um, align uh, as the pictures on the left, which are more focusing on outcomes. So did anyone try this before? Has anyone seen this before? Yeah. So it's a very interesting um, exercise to do for anyone who wants to do, uh, who wants to actually introduce business agility and the difference between outputs and outcomes. Yeah. So if you, um, um, if you don't think it will work, it will work because it will work for every single time that I've done it. And uh, if you need to get, uh, well, like this is being recorded anyway, so you, you can get it from a recording. So change is messy, but it's even thought, thought of if, if people are not focused on the same outcome. So being focused, having that collaboration, having that alignment, that shared understanding and that conversation about what a good outcome is, is really, really important. Okay, so this is, this is the ones, that, those that are based on outcomes. Now we're going to talk about uh, improvement kata and uh, the improvement kata comes originally from Toyota. Uh, and it talks about, you know, in order for you to move from A to B, first of all, you need to understand where you want to go, yeah? So what's your North Star? Uh, and then, understand where you are and where you want to be. And when you go from step two to step three, there are a number of things that you can do and we call them experiments. Some will work, some will fail. And that's why we like them written as hypotheses. Okay, so this gray area, there will be you know, many things that we don't know. We don't know if they work or not. We're going to run some experiments to see if we can move from the current condition into the target condition. And we keep doing this every single time. And that's why breaking down the large projects in smaller outcomes, smaller things that we can deliver frequently uh, with a, a, a shared understanding of what that come, outcome is, is, is really important. So, here is a, an example of a template uh, for writing business outcomes, if you want to know. So as always working backwards, we always start off uh, with our uh, who benefits and how. So who is our customer? What do they need? And then we define some of our leading indicators. So as uh, someone said, you know, when we deliver, what is the expectation? When we deliver, when we put this in live on the first day or maybe in the first two days, what do we expect to see in this case is, 5k visits on a microsite immediately. So, you know, there will be uh, website hits, 1k downloads of the app. So these are all examples. 100 online applications for some new application that was made available. 90% um, right first time, takes less than five minutes. You know, those are all examples of what a leaning indicator is, yeah? 
Uh, and in terms of outcome hypothesis, uh, the format that we recommend is starts like this. So due to an insight, and this insight could have been like something that we've read, something that we've learned with our customers, something that we've experienced ourselves, whatever that insight is, it makes us believe that there is something that we need to do. This is the bet or the activity that we need to deliver, which will result in an outcome. And when we deliver that, we will know we're successful when we get a number of key results, yeah? And those key results, some of them will be leading, some of them will be lagging. So what could be some of the lagging indicators? Here are some examples. So improve NPS from six to eight. Again, it takes time. That's why they're lagging. They're impact metrics. Enable 2% more first time home buyers to own property. Again, you can't get this overnight, right? So it takes time. Increase market share from 55% to 65%, increase diversity, increase flow efficiency by 5%, uh, decrease customer complaints by 8%. So what are you seeing here that is really difficult to forecast? What we're seeing is the specificity, uh, the specificity, uh, sorry, the, you know, specific measures, you know, it says 5%, 5% says 8%, 55 to 65. So we're being very specific about something. And that's why it's important to actually uh, know what the lagging indicators are. You don't have the deadline and I'll explain why. I'll explain why the deadline is not here. So we're only interested in the outcome for now, uh, but I'll explain about the deadline. Um, Leading indicators, so difference between leading and lagging. Uh, the leading indicators are forwards facing and the lagging indicators are backward facing. So backwards facing is when you look into the end of the year, for example, what is it that you want to achieve? So this is what the stuff that comes on your mirror and your, um, on your backwards mirror, on your back, you know, it's backwards facing. So from the destination, what are your expectations? Um, so it's an indicator of past performance that measures how well the leading actions are performing. So if you have a number of business outcomes contributing to uh, a one-year initiative and you know what you need to achieve in that one-year initiative, so the lagging indicators are very well defined there, each one of the business outcomes needs to contribute to that and you've got a learning factor. So um, in terms of leading indicators, we're trying to answer the question, are we there yet? So when we put something in live, in production, we, we need to have something to test that that feature has been de deployed successfully and our customers are actually using. Those are the leading indicators. And that helps you to also plan for future. So the intent of a leading indicator is try to predict the future. You know, predict also the outcomes that might happen. Well, the intent of a lagging indicator is to look back to check if the result was achieved or not. So it takes time to achieve a lagging indicator. So here is an example. Uh, and here we've got an initiative. It's an outcome, but it's an initiative is larger than an outcome. It's larger than a business outcome, which is quarterly. So imagine you have a number of business outcomes, which are up to two to three months. 
and one initiative that is 12 months. Many business outcomes are contributing to this initiative. So it's not a one-to-one -one, um, mapping. It's a one, it's a many-to-one mapping, okay? Um, remember, business outcomes is a hypothesis. So we are not always going to succeed. Some of those bets are going to be wrong and you're going to learn and you're going to rectify and adjust the lagging indicator as well. So due to a customer survey revealing that 90% of our customers prefer to submit finance applications online as opposed to financial applications via telephone conversations. So this is the insight, yeah? The insight says that 90% of our customers prefer to submit finance applications online. There is, there is more to that insight. One of the reasons is uh, they don't want to uh, get someone to tell them that, you know, they don't have a good credit history and they prefer to talk to a machine than to actually talk to a person. So they prefer to submit online applications than actually talk to someone on the phone, yeah? So that's the insight. So we believe that creating an online web platform to enable customers to receive a code and the platform is available 24 seven, 365 days a year will result in an increase of leads and an increase of uh, sales. And we'll know we are successful when we have increased lead generation by 30%. We have increased sales of insurance packages by 15%. We've increased profit by 5%. We have saved 100K in resource costs. So this is the initiative. All of these are lagging indicators. That's where the lagging indicators live uh, in this initiative, which, which is a one-year um, outcome, okay? So now we've got a business outcome, which is three months, and it says, Due to customer surveys revealing that 90% of our customers prefer to submit finance applications online. So the same, it's the same as the initiative. We believe that creating a basic functionality, that's the MVP, minimum viable product, where users can input all personal details, select a price range for the vehicle they want wish to purchase and add duration of repayment plan will result in an increase of leads, which will result in an increase of insurance package sales. And we know, sorry, we know we're successful when we achieve an increase in website visits per month by 20%. And this can be measured within the first month. Uh, we reduce the time spent on phone calls for quotes related to insurance package by 6%. And this can be measured usually within a week or a month. So what we're saying here is actually um, leading indicators can be verified very quickly in this case either one week or one month while the leg indicators will probably take three months so now what we can see here is that whilst this this is a one-year um, initiative and it, the first one is increased lead generation by 30 percent this business outcome is only increased lead generation by five percent so there will be more outcomes that will contribute to the remaining 25 percent so not everything is coming from this. There will be many more outcomes, okay? The same thing for the second one. Uh, sales of insurance package by 2% out of the 15%, which is the total from the initiative, yeah, here. So that's, we, we're seeing a contribution from our business outcomes toward our, uh, our initiative that is 12 months. Not everything will come from here. And this, this outcome might be wrong. It's an hypothesis we may not achieve and which after one or two quarters, maybe, we may need to review if the lagging indicators were correct or not, yeah? 
So it all depends if our assumptions are correct or not. And we learn from it. So typically in many organizations, what we usually have is projects, yeah? And projects, uh, project delivery time, uh, imagine 12 months uh, and, you know, re delivered by a pool of specialists uh, with the constraints of what projects uh, have, you know, like uh, sequential life cycle, delays, uh, delivery of easy work, um, sunk costs, because no one wants to uh, stop a project that is, uh, that is um, you know, that is actually not going to work. Uh, and there's lots and lots of milestones. So how do we actually understand what the outcomes are from this project? We need to understand, first of all, we've got, uh, so let's say five quarters. Let's find out from this project, what are the main outcomes? And in this case, we, we figured there are four main things that this project is actually going to deliver. And we know very much the risk factor for each one of them. And we know the net present value for each one. So how much each outcome is going to actually deliver. And what we're saying here is that there are things that this project is trying to deliver that are not worth doing. So let's not do them. Let's just focus on the things that the project is trying to deliver. So rather than, than uh, betting on an entire project that is going to deliver something at the end of 12 months, what we want is actually deliver something every quarter uh, with a, a very specific net present value. Yeah, so as you can see, there's 1.2 million pounds, 0 0.7, uh, and th those are actually our lagging indicators and the time criticality as well. Yeah. Again, these are the advantages um, that uh, you get once you move from a project into a product based on outcomes. I'm not going to actually read them uh, because we are a little bit slow. So I'm just continuing. What are the drivers uh, for an outcome-based lean portfolio? What is it that we get out of having outcomes and linking those outcomes to the strategy? So some of the questions the CEO asks many times is, are we actually working on the right things? When is my strategy going to be delivered? The CEO asks this question. Uh, do we have a standard view of the entire change portfolio? Do our teams understand our strategy? How do we align um, strategy to execution? And how do we know what our teams are working on? And again, from an employee point of view, do our teams know that our work is actually contributing to the organization strategy? So do I know what my story that I'm working on this sprint is contributing to the, to the strategy or not? How can I know that? So here is like a, a requirement to link the work that the teams are doing towards uh, the strategy. So link strategy to execution, top down and bottom up as well. So bottom up from an employee point of view, top down from a CEO and senior leadership point of view. And what we try to uh, recommend is uh, when you've got multi-year uh, large programs of change, uh, you know, those things need to be delivered in many different levels of portfolio items. So all we've got is a multi-year strategic theme to start with. Well, on both of that, of course, you've got the vision of the company. Uh, but the strategic theme are typically like three to five years things that we want to deliver. 
okay, large, large things, like for example, reduction of carbon monoxide or whatever, carbon footprint. Um, and, and that gets delivered by a number of organizational outcomes. And what we recommend is that each organizational outcome to be three years or less. And then each organizational outcome delivered by a number of initiatives of 12 months or less. And each initiative delivered by a number of business outcomes of three months or less. And of course, the rest you know, because they are features or epics in JIRA, um, we recommend to be less than a month and each feature will be delivered by a number of feature of stories, sorry, uh, you know, and those will be comprised within the sprint. So what we're seeing is in team items, we've got a feature, we've got a story, we've got the tasks, and those items on the right are the portfolio items. So those are very well understood by the team on the left, and these are understood by portfolio managers. And the relationship is to make sure that there are no orphan items between stories, uh, features, features to business outcomes, business outcomes to initiatives, and initiatives to organizational outcomes, and then finally to strategic things. That's how we link the strategy at the top with the work that the teams are doing in terms of every uh, user story that gets delivered. Uh, and so a, a developer might uh, wanting to know what am I contributing by delivering this story? And the CEO might say, I want to know what teams are working on our highest priority strate strategic theme and get a view of that if there is a link. And the trick for doing that is actually agreeing what these um, timelines are. So initiative 12 months, it could be that your organization chooses something else. Business outcomes quarterly, uh, it could be that organization chooses something else. Uh, so there is, there is uh, but the process is basically this, yeah. In here, we get alignment and transparency. And here we get feedback loops from the teams. And here, you know, at the top level, we see the benefits realization happening uh, every quarter. So as you see, here is just like uh, a little bit specific to a, a number of features contribute to a business outcome. Each business outcome contributes to initiative. Uh, each initiative contributes to uh, organization outcome. Each organization outcome contributes to a strategic theme. And having in mind the leading and lagging indicators and, uh, and the, the changes that we've seen. So in vertical here, what we see is initiatives and longer portfolio items. In the horizontal is something that we've not seen yet, which is our long-lived product, products with long-lived teams. And of course, the intersection between the horizontals and the verticals are uh, uh, our uh, business outcomes. So I'm not going to read that text because it's quite a lot. But what you see is on uh, horizontals, our long-lived product teams, and the verticals, the large delivery um, uh, initiatives or, or strategic themes, and the intersection is our business outcomes. So this is how we see, you know, what's the contribution of uh, direct selling towards delivery uh, renewals program? Well, this business outcome in quarter two, uh, and uh, and that's it really. Uh, and then what's the contribution to customer experience team towards the same outcome? We've got one business outcome in quarter one and one business outcome in quarter two. So it, it's kind of a mapping and shows very clearly what the teams are working on uh, and to, towards what business outcome. And the CEO can see, okay, I see what each team is doing on a quarterly basis. So quarter one, quarter two, and quarter three, quarter four, of course, as well. 
I'll skip this one. Uh, again, we've got a different view here, different services. And there are a few rules that are important. Um, no orphans, so that means that uh, a story needs to have a parent, which is a feature. A feature needs to have a parent, which is a business outcome. A business outcome needs to have a parent, which is an, an initiative, uh, which is this, 12 months. Uh, and an initiative needs to have a parent, which is an organization outcome, which is three years. And an organization outcome needs to have a parent, which is a strategic theme. Uh, we, we like this small rule, so start small, rule of one. Experiment with one team at a time uh, in order to adopt this type of working. Uh, one location, one production. And we focus on flow. So we start measuring, uh, you know, what's the lead time of our business outcomes? Is it less than three months or is it more? Typically, usually it starts by being more. Teams get better by trying to deliver every three months and sticking to the scope of that business outcome. Uh, what we see here is actually um, roll wave, uh, so rolling wave planning. So it shows uh, for each um, you know, uh, organization, what are the business outcomes in flight? So this is actually done. This is to do. And what's our confidence? So we work on, imagine we are in quarter one at the moment. We've got high confidence about the things that are delivering and low confidence of the things that are uh, coming next, uh, you know, two or three quarters ahead. They're not well defined yet. And we are learning with every quarter if we are going to deliver towards our initiative, our lagging indicators or not. And we are adjusting our lagging indicators accordingly. And this is the last slide. Um, so different uh, types of different formats for learning loops. So we've got multi-year at the top, uh, daily with our stand-ups and our coordination efforts, uh, planning retrospectives weekly, monthly, uh, show and tells and conferences, and then quarterly is our, our OKRs. Uh, and of course, yearly is our organization outcomes with lagging indicators and multi-year our top level strategic themes. Sorry, we ran a little bit out of time, but uh, if there are any more questions. Actually, we don't have time for questions because we have uh, less than a minute left. We're gonna be closing, but I did put Paulo's LinkedIn in yep. the chat so you can reach out to him. Um, just a notice for you, if you don't already know, the Best Agile Articles book 2019 has been released and you can get it um, at this location for free. I will go ahead and drop that in the chat box for everybody. Um, and let me just move you out of the way here. Okay. So here's the link. You can get that for free on the Tandem Coaching site. And then we also have a Best Agile Articles conference coming up um, on September 28th. It's a one-day conference with authors who have been featured in the book in the previous year. And it's only $25. So um, I just put a separate link there. If you're interested in joining us for that conference, we would love to have you. And thanks for joining us in our meetup today. We'll be coming back in two weeks with um, Antoinette Kazi, who is going to be our presenter. And let me grab her topic real quick. Sorry, I forgot to look at, uh, remind myself what it was. It is, um, oh, I don't have her topic in front of me, um, but it is on the site. So sorry about that. I didn't update her frame. So looking forward to seeing you then and have a great weekend. 
Thank you. Thank you, everyone.